0: In lieu of an intro, welcome to the episode 6 of the Charge to 100 podcast. We haven't quite nailed down our introduction formula, but we'll get there. Just like just like with everything, you know, we're, we're on the path. You know, if we were perfect and well-oiled, then we'd be number one right now. But we're not number one. We're not perfect and well-oiled. We
1: might uh, be. Who knows? It's a possibility.
0: On this series, we're going through the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win. This is, personally for me, one of the best books I've ever read, and it is an incredible training manual on how to navigate the hardships of life, even though it's discussed in the the harsh con- uh, concept of war, or reality, not a concept. Jocko is one of the major... SEAL leaders through Iraq and Afghanistan, and most of the book is written through the lens of when the SEALs systematically overtook the city of Ramadi. And that pretty much leads us up into the opening of the chapter. Like every chapter, there's a combat element where Jocko describes the concepts in terms of a, a war situation. This chapter we're going through is Decentralized Command, and we're going to attack this kind of differently. So through the chapter, Jocko writes from a high position of leadership. So he says, my job was command and control of 30 plus SEALs and their partner force of Iraqi soldiers, but I could only manage this effectively through decentralized command. It was the only way to operate. He goes through, you know, he's in charge of 30 plus SEALs. And then he's also coordinating with army, Marines, uh, even in some cases, like Air Force members on the ground. And there's there's a lot going on. To say the least. For decentralized command, Jocko says I expected my subordinate leaders to do just that lead in reference to the battlefield. He says, you know, he trained them and he trusted their assessment of situations uh, and that their decisions would be aggressive in pursuit of mission accomplishment, well thought out, tactically sound, and ultimately furthering the strategic mission. They confirm that trust over and over again, you know, as they go through various tactical missions. One thing that he really states in terms of decentralized command is that If he, as the leader, were to get embroiled in the details of a tactical problem, there'd be no one else to fulfill his role and manage the strategic mission. And it's really the heart of the principle he starts to get to is spreading out responsibility to the leaders underneath you in order to be able to have them handle the tactical situations on the ground while he can manage the strategic mission from the command and control center that they have set up the situation that they go through is involved in handling communications between a tank about to blow up a sniper tower essentially the the army radios in like hey There's this tower that we're looking at. It's building 79, I think is what they say initially. And there's enemy snipers here the best counter against the snipers to roll a take up, it blew the shit out of the place. And Radio Draco, like, hey, where are your guys? You know, we want to make sure we're not shooting friendlies. Draco's like, oh, our, you know, team's at building 94, not 79, like, we're good to go. But then like something, he says, you know, just the general confusion of the battlefield, he wants to triple check his homework, dot his eyes, and tease, essentially. He goes back, talking to the army officer, back and forth. He has them, like, reconfirm to the point where he's saying, like, how many houses down from your position are you looking to, you know, where's this position you're looking to blow up? And the guy like recounts, they go through this kind of like hashed out, like, you know, everyone's chopping at the bit to, to blow these snipers up. And then after the recount of where they're at in the situation, the army officer reorients and he's like, oh, shoot, you know, like we're looking at building 94, which is a building this, the SEALs are in. And, uh, you know, everyone kind of like has this like nervous, like, oh shit, you know, like we almost had this insane, sad, unfortunate incident occur. that term to they use his fracture side yep, you know, yeah, like or a, a blue on blue type shooting mm-hmm. and so what Jaka really like gets into here is how he trusted his tactical leaders on the actual battlefield in terms of being able to make decisions but then he also kind of like he doesn't really go into it but he also like kind of like verifies that where it's like not from a standpoint of, like, I don't trust you, but from a standpoint of, like, hey, let's make sure that we're all on the same page. Is like, his main objective here is, like, I understand that there's this problem that you're seeing. You've already presented me a solution. Let's, you know, like, make sure it walks through, you know, before mm-hmm. we, like, engage in a decision we can't pull back. Like, well, what, you know, let's make sure we're all, like, on the same page with where we're at. This really goes into how he was saying he gave them all simple decisions For the teams that he's like out there, he's like, he has like three rules where he's like, cover as many possible enemy ingress and egress routes as possible, set up positions that mutually support each other, pick solid fighting positions that could be defended against any heavy enemy attack. And like, these are like simple things where he's like, okay, like, you know, building 94, this like makes sense that my SEALs are in this building. I can trust that these are good decisions. And really, at the end of the day, the solution to the problem they're in is like effective communication and being mm-hmm. able to have that with people they trust without going too much farther into this. Cause I kind of want to not focus on that strategic leadership perspective because most people, you know, the people that we're kind of talking to you right now, if you're in a strategic position, position, great, you know, and this chapter should really resonate with you in terms of, Hey, you know, like I got these various teams. Maybe I like have a manager under me who's like managing this team. i team of managers, you know, it, you can kind of see how this plays out of like, I, as a person, of am giving simple, clear, concise communication, you know, to these different moving pieces. And it's really important that we maintain trust alongside our relationships and decentralize that command. So that frees up, you know, me as the leader or you as the leader to do your own thing. Draper really gets into that portion, especially into his like business application. What I want to get to is how can you apply this when you're at that tactical position, maybe not even on a tactical squad leader where you have like anywhere from one to four people underneath you. You Mm -hmm. know, Jocko goes into, he's talking to like a CEO and most of his managers kind of peek out at a team of six in terms of effectiveness. You know, they're great managers, have like teams of 20 and they're kind of struggling because it's too many people for them to handle. And some other managers have like teams of two and they kind of struggle because they don't have enough people to bring in revenue. And he's like, yeah, I think, you know, Teams of six look really good. And Jock was like, "Yeah, interesting, because seals work in like teams of five or six, and that seems to be like a there's a human element to it where that's that's kind of the level of effectiveness someone gets at." What I really want to get to, again, like I've said, is when you're entering into the bottom position. Like, let's say that you're, let's say that you're a brand new person into a team of six. You're you're noble six if you are if you ever played Halo Reach. You know, you're you're, you're the new guy coming into the team. There's like, you know, you're you're boss or your commander or whatever they got bosses and commanders you're entering into a new organization everyone's super new to you you have no idea what to expect i use this chapter along with one of the later chapters called leading up and down the chain of command when you get into this new position which hopefully that we maybe you haven't even gotten your first job and you're like walking like maybe you just got an acceptance offer and you're walking into your first position. This is like the first job you've ever had. And you're like super nervous, right? You know, you, you went through the gauntlet of like job applications, which like sucks as it is. That's a super, super tough gauntlet to go through. And now you've like secured that position and you're walking in fresh and, you know, you're doing all this like admin stuff initially, getting your paychecks, like direct deposit set up. And, and then you show up day one and then your boss is like, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, Paul, or something like that. And then, uh, you know, like, hey, we're going to introduce you to the team. This chapter is a great chapter to give you like a vision into what being successful looks like at that individual level. The problem Jocko's describing is when you aren't able to spend all your time with each individual member of the team and all the little problems that they're solving and going through and like bringing value to the organization as a whole is like decentralizing out the responsibility to accomplish the strategic objective. First thing you like got to understand is like the leader is looking for someone to take ownership of their areas of responsibility in the context of effective decentralized command. And I say this like really loosely because your boss may not even know that this is what's effective right? This book isn't read by every single human being on earth. You know, you could have a boss that like doesn't understand these concepts whatsoever. And it's just, you know, going off just experience that they've you know, pulled through their careers and what they've done. When you're in this kind of entry level phase, it's super important to start asking strategic questions of figuring out, hey, like, I just entered this position. What does success look like? like if you just ask that question to everyone around you of like, if you like walk in and talk to your boss, like, like, Hey, what does success look like for me in this position? That's actually something I even ask in the interview before I even step into the job. But then once you step into the job, it's a different answer that you'll probably get to be quite honest of like, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, we, done this initial relationship like now that i can kind of see a team see the work you know like well, what is what does success look like you're gonna get some kind of answer and you are gonna be like okay like well, maybe that maybe you're still just drinking the fire hose in terms of okay like I, I kind of see that but you know like there's a ton of other things going on and really what you're seeking with these questions, asking like these broad strategic questions of like, Hey, like, what does our team success look like? You know, like as a team, what are we going for? And your boss is going to give you some kind of answer hopefully. And then, you know, maybe you beat like the regional manager, you know, this is kind of like a lower key conversation. You're like, Hey, you know, like, well, what is what does our department, what does success look like? You know, and you're asking like all these kind of people, you're kind of, you know, making relationships with your coworkers saying like, okay, you know, like, I kind of have an idea what success looks like for the team, you know, like, What can you just explain to me your position? You know, like, how do you, how do you bring, you know, like value or maybe you wouldn't use value, but like, you know, just kind of walk me through what you do on the day to day, just like watch and learn and then figure out what parts of the puzzle you can own that also contribute to that line of success that like your boss and your boss's boss are going towards. And this is going to be super key because that usually correlates to the best things to learn on the job, essentially you know you you want to find those left and right bounds of like i get paid for this position and you want to take that and you want to own it and then you want to say like this is like all of this is mine i'm like i'm gonna like defend this and like not from like an ego perspective okay. but from like an ownership of like i'm gonna like kill it in like this specific space and then not only that pick like a a moment in time, I usually pick like six months where it's going to be like, okay, now that I've found these left and right bounds, I'm going to get really, really competent, maybe not mastery level, but like extremely competent in this specific, you know, like meat of processes or like work responsibilities. And I'm going to own this and I'm going to do it so well where I can translate up to my boss, like, you know, Hey, here's where we're at, you know, here's kind of where we started. And, uh, you know, here, here's where we're going. Here's kind of the work I've done, and keeping those conversations of building that trust that the boss has in you where like, okay, like he's kind of really taking this on, like he can handle shit. Like we can spend maybe like less time, you know, teaching him like in the weed stuff. Like he's kind of owning this. It may seem like we've really taken a long detour from decentralized command, but what you're actually doing, if you, relook at it in that lens, by your own volition, you're taking the ownership to be a part of decentralized command without even having, like, the CEO having to read this book and, like, implement this, you know, throughout the th- throughout the entire organization, right? Like, it's not even, like, the CEO telling you to do these things. You're just taking it on. Or it's like, you know, hey, boss, like, we-, we got these problems. Like, these are my proposed solutions. You know, I'm kind of, like, in the weeds here. and This is the kind of what I'm seeing. You know, at the same time, I am in the weeds. So is there anything I should know at like your level or like the strategic level of, you know, how maybe we can tweak this, make it better? Uh, like, is there stuff that you're not seeing? Like, is there stuff that, you know, my solution may be lacking? You know, your boss can you tell you like, oh, well, like, you know, there's actually like a thing that we're moving towards in another part of the organization. You know, this would link up really well with that. Maybe you meet some new people, maybe you grow and uh, you like better your processes or whatever you're doing. Starco's speaking to it from like, hey, I have 30 people under me. This is how you successfully exert command to effectively accomplish the mission. What I have found applying this into my own life is that if you take these concepts and principles and just immediately start applying them, and being that go-to person where the like little leader looks at you and is like, wow, like I can trust Lloyd, he's really got on this. You know, like he's only been here six months and he's already very competent in his position. And, you know, we can maybe give him some additional responsibilities now. And if you just automatically come off the bat from that, you'll like we, we were talking about this beforehand, it'll look like you're lucky. It'll just hundred percent look like like wow, like Lloyd just came in here and like doing awesome, like people seem to like him. Like things will just start coming your way when you treat work in this manner. And from the outside, it'll look like you're lucky. But it's actually a very simple like, hey, I understand what's important to my boss. I understand what's important to my boss's boss. The problems that I choose to put my energy towards are problems that solve their problems, not mine. A lot of people get super lost in like the day to day of like, oh, work sucks, you know, like, like, like fucking brenda you know (laughs) like tom you know like these these like people that you know like oh, i'm just stressed you know like oh you know like this i can't believe this person did something at work like dude like your boss doesn't fucking care about this shit like they have to deal with tom and brenda too they already know and they probably know more than you do you know what i mean so like if you treat this as like I'm bringing them solutions and I'm taking ownership of problems and I'm kind of already being this decentralized piece of like establishing command over these areas, it'll look like luck in how fast you're able to grow in your positions.
1: So I think it's like a, a case of like upstream versus downstream in terms of like decentralized command, which you're talking about. So it starts with like the boss who's like at the top of the stream and he has to like relay everything down the stream. Uh, this is more or less like the micro managing versus like macro managing. A lot of bosses like feel the need to micro, which is like semi-relevant, but more importantly is macro. So it's like they have this broad plan that they're trying to accomplish, whatever it may be. And then they try to relay that plan down the stream. And then if there's any like missteps or anything, then they can go into the micromanaging. But in general, it's, purely macro and this is kind of like the decentralized command that jock talking about where when you're up on the stream you can take care of the bigger stuff and you kind of know what you have to relay to the next layer of things the next layer of people and then they can kind of just take care of that area and then they can then relay it down the stream even more what lloyd's kind of talking about is climbing up the stream so he's talking about like if you are a lower part of this stream what's the best way for you to climb the stream the best way for doing that is really just helping out bosses or seeing what your boss's like objectives are and contributing to that so obviously like at the bottom of the stream you have a set amount of responsibilities and to the extent it's like your boss's responsibilities too but they're just trusting you to take care of them which is totally fine so then assuming that you just knocked those out of the park and you just like do what is needed then everything's all good but then what Lloyd's talking about is going a step further kind of learning what your boss and your boss's boss's needs are and then helping them on a macro level so you can contribute to the company more as opposed to just showing up
0: yeah absolutely and having that be kind of like a continuing conversation where you're like checking yourself right where you're Mm -hmm. figuring out like hey like you know like a Spent a lot of time working this project, working this problem, um, you know, bringing solutions to a certain uh, issue that people are having and say, like, hey, boss, you know, like, I'm doing these things, you know, like, is this kind of like the direction we need to be going? Like, is there something else I should be, like, mindful of upcoming? And, you know, your boss is going to give you feedback. You know, maybe he says, like, you know, like, you've done a really good job, but we're actually... Maybe we're totally moving off this project, you know. So just like a heads up, you know, like we're we're gonna be doing this other thing moving forward. So you can be like, okay, you know, like copy, got it. You know, having that like eyes up for for what what's gonna be next coming down the pipe, and you know, starting to transition there. I want to go kind of the principle because is a really good language to, to describe decentralized to command. Human beings are generally not capable of managing within six to ten people, particularly when things go sideways and inevitable contingencies arrive. Junior leaders must be empowered to make decisions on key tasks necessary to complete that mission in the most effective and efficient manner possible. Looking at it from a leadership standpoint of like, hey, if you're a leader and you have all these people under you, you know, start training them and building trust that they can manage things tactically at their level. If you walk in and you're already doing that and sending that back up and, and requesting feedback, killer, killer start to any position that you'll start it anywhere. And if, it, if that's kind of you know shut down, or like let's say you get some kind of negative feedback to this, I would say two things. One, you'll figure out what's within your control initially how you can adjust. Maybe you're going, you're, you're on the right track, but you're kind of doing it in the wrong manner. And there's some like soft skills that you need to build up to to kind of improve on that. Or the other thing is maybe if you're really kind of pressing on this, like nothing's really working, is that really the environment that you should be working on, working in? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is this a productive environment in general in terms of how their command structures work? Are there strong personalities that maybe impede the larger strategic vision and impede everyone around them so that they can remain where they are. You know, maybe you can, they they've carved this out for themselves and they don't want to let go. That that's fine. You know, that happens in the work environment. Then take that, you zoom way out beyond your job and you say, is this the best fit for me? Like is there another place I can maybe grow? And I think it's a it's a delicate line in terms of not initially going towards that. Cause that that's a that's the rarer instance. Like in, in my experience, this war that I've never had an experience yet where this doesn't work. I have had many experiences where it takes a frustrating amount of time for this to work. Painful, painful amounts of time for it to work. But in the end, it does work. Moving forward in the chapter, junior leaders must f- fully understand what is within their decision-making authority, the left and right limits of their responsibility. Kind of going back to to the word vomit that I started on, asking those questions and figuring out what is fully within your decision-making authority Absolutely critical when you're starting a new position anywhere, whether that's at the bottom level, the like mid level manager level. That is intensely critical of figuring out this is my decision making authority, these are my left and right bounds. And when I go beyond those bounds, I know the people that I need to talk to to then, you know, establish that relationship to solve that problem that's outside of my boundary or jurisdiction or level of responsibility. Junior leaders don't ask, what do you want me to do? Junior leaders must be proactive rather than reactive. That is baked into pretty much everything that I've at least attempted to communicate here. Maybe I'll condense it into a story. We'll see. Uh, And then they must have implicit trust that their senior leaders will back their decisions. This one is interesting. I think that this one is something that makes sense from the way that the chapter is worded of talking to senior leaders, like, Hey, you know, when you're implementing decentralized command, your junior guys have to know that you have their back, right. That if you're going to give them this responsibility to, to go out and accomplish things and trust them to do with that at their level, you can't then come back when they make a mistake and then just absolutely bring down the hammer on them. You know, you have to look at the mistake, you know, trust that hey you know this is this is what went wrong let's get an accurate depiction of that as possible and let's adjust for for the next phase moving forward building that trust in the relationship where i would say in terms of the context that we're talking about in terms of walking in and looking at things from an upward manner seek a lot more feedback initially and figure out kind of like building that trust initially don't assume that that's necessarily there i think a mistake would be that you go in, you go in hot, like hot headed on something, and you try and take charge of certain things, and then you kind of ruffle feathers. You know what I mean? Like there is a tactful way of accomplishing the the relationships and the the lessons in this chapter that I don't really want to lose. You know, there's a lot of questions that go into this and asking and kind of like that inquisitive nature of like finding the answers with the team in mind rather than like with you in mind that could get really if, if that if that tact isn't there, then this could get really misinterpreted and you can find a lot of problems in whatever kind of work situation you're in. You have any <laughs> feedback on that? Uh
1: I mean it's tough to look big picture. It's very like easy to look like short term picture. It's very easy just to like show up and like do the stuff that you need to do on a day in, day out basis without like seeing meaning behind it or like looking for this like future plan. The, the end goal is what always like sets you up.
0: I, I, I don't know. I personally, I've, I've used this like method of like relating and we'll get into it more in terms of leading up and down the chain of command. And it ch- ch- just starts making sense. I, I can't put it other way than that, where it's just like, if you've been like struggling at work in terms of like, I don't understand why we're doing something or like, I don't understand why I don't get talked to maybe, or like, I don't understand why other people are getting promoted and not me. And, this is all like new, like you just read this chapter and start implementing communication methods that kind of align with this structure. So, you know, if you're entering into a new role, you know, starting figuring out like, hey, here's how I contribute to this small team that I'm in. Here's how I can bring value up. Here's how I can like own the space of like the problem space that I'm achieving in. Stuff just starts coming your way. You know, you the hardest part at that point is making sure you're aligned with the changing battlefield, if you were of, you know, if your boss is a new priority, if your boss's boss is a new priority, then you know realigning with that because you're still at that like low level. But then yeah. things make sense. You know, you're not blindsided as much. And you can keep a you can keep have a watchful eye when you are.
1: Like I said a bit earlier, like all all the bosses are always working downstream. That's just how the chain of command goes with like pretty much every company. But like nobody even thinks to try to swim upstream, so maybe be be one of the few that tries to go upstream, and it's going to pay off more than likely pretty well.
0: Kind of an interesting chapter, um, and very conceptual. Honestly, hard to talk about without probably should have come up with the story for this one. But we're winding down episode six. It's a it's a Monday off. Uh. I hope you all have a fantastic uh, a whatever. Monday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Monday. <laughs> callbacks all right well thanks for listening to you guys if you, if you listeners have made it to this point you know I'm, I'm gonna open this up if you listen if anyone has made it to this point in the podcast dm either of us on its on instagram or facebook or whatever and we will hook you up with something we'll hook you up a swag a <laughs> gift box like i, I don't beer. know we'll send you a hundred dollars wow. cash like <laughs> to, if anyone is listening to this at this part of the podcast like be in the first three to DM us. First three, and we will hook you up. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. <laughs> H- have a good one. This is a charge to one hundred podcast. I'm Lloyd. I'm Colton. Yeah, you guys have a great week. <laughs> Hey team, thank you for listening to our Charge 100 podcast. Colton and I both have a long-term vision for this project we're working towards, and your support is greatly appreciated. First, we'd like to shout out Aim to Head for producing the music we use for our intro and outro. You can find them on YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram at Aim to Head Official. While you're on Instagram, please visit us at Charge 100 or our website charge100.com. If you find value from our content, please give us a share or recommendation. We're here for you. Thank you.